warm-ups. Yo, yo, yo. Me, 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 me. This is all reminding me of how I listened to the new Cradle of Bill song yesterday. Everybody. Welcome back to Musical Squares, the album review show where four friends sit down, talk about an album, give it a ranking, and uh, then and then do it again. Yeah, that's it. Um, we today, just keep doing it. <laughs> we do. Until today, we stop. we are doing an album called um, Return to Wherever by the band Twerp. Um, my name is Max, to my left. I'm Brett, and is it pronounced Twerp? Yes. Okay. I'm Nick. Luigi Fettuccini. That was Dennis. Um, yes, <clears throat> Mr. Fettuccini. So, yeah. The, I want to be Super Mario Andretti. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember in the movie, there, his name is Mario Mario? Yeah. They're like, what's your name? And he's like, Mario. He said, what's your last name? Mario. <laughs> That's <laughs> one of my favorite movies. He said, your name is Mario Mario. And he's like, yeah, Mario Mario. Underrated movie. And I'm Luigi Mario. <laughs> very, very underrated movie. It holds up. It's a it very, does, but doesn't. And does at the same time. Yeah, it's it's I a for, meta classic. I forgot that Dennis Hopper was in that. Oh yeah, that is a he was playing his uh, blue velvet. Is that is it blue velvet or what's yeah. it called? Yeah, Frank. Think, yeah. Basically the same type of character, but with no cusses. He's like pass blue ribbon. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Remember when he was like he he hadn't exposed himself as King Bowser, and he was like King Bowser's one slime mean egg sucking son of a snake. And he was like, whoa, damn. <laughs> This is too much acting for this movie. <laughs> Did you know that Bob Hoskins was like drunk half the yeah. time filming it? I believe it. Yeah. I was listening to How Did This Get Made talked about it, and they said they watched an interview with Bob Hoskins, and the person said, what are the three things you regret most in life? And he was like filming Super Mario Brothers, Aww. accepting Super Mario Brothers, Aww. and being in Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> There's no way. Like, <clears throat> that's a fun movie. <laughs> It's like a legendary train wreck, but over the course of time. I think it should be archived in like a museum. It's a special movie for sure. Yeah. It's um, it's historically important in my opinion. It's, it's not. It's, 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 it's like that. It's that classic train wreck video game movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like that one Street like, Fighter and Mortal Kombat are like the three quintessential video game movies. Are you saying they're and, all train wrecks? Sonic the Hedgehog 2020. No. Okay, because I, I would say the first Mortal Kombat movie is definitely watchable. Yes, it's okay. I, I, I like the Street Fighter movie. I like the Street. I I like the Mortal Kombat movie a lot. I think the Street Fighter movie is fun. Yeah, I really really love Super Mario. You know what I love more than the Super Mario movie though is the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yeah, that was fun too. I never watched that one. It what do you guys good. think of Twerp? So, I was going to say, the band name is Twerp, T-W-R-P. Um, originally, when they formed like 15 years ago, they were Tupperware Remix Party. Um, just as, because, you know, that was when like random humor was popular. That's awful. Um, but they changed it, I don't know, probably 10 years ago because they realized they could, if, you know, anything happened, Tupperware could be like, hey, mm. uh, fuck you. So That's they why they changed it? it? Yes. Now, they didn't realize that it's a terrible name? It's a twofold reason. Mm. Um, 
But so they are a, um, they're a band. They're from Ontario, Canada. Um, now they're located in LA. Had you guys ever heard of them? Never, ever. Nope, I am not. No. Well then, allow me to um, introduce them. I was going to say, you were going off notes and I was really impressed, but he just pulled his notes open, so. Hey, good things don't last forever. When you're the host, you got to have notes. Yeah. Uh, No, I agree. I, I I was amazed that you didn't have notes, is what I'm saying. Like, for that first bit, you had a couple factoids. Just I mean, I know a up, lot. Straight up in your head. I know a lot. Yeah, he knows a lot, Brett. Close your eyes. His, his album copy is autographed. Okay, so let me tell you about the band I don't, members. I don't even have an autographed copy of a Railway album. <laughs> That's fucked. What about... What about, about stick it? It? You're the one who, who deserves one. I know! <laughs> <laughs> what about Fastway? Do you have a Fastway autograph? I do not own any Fastway. What I've about... Been, I've been meaning to get around to that. I wish I had a Fastway autograph. Well, one of you guys buy me the Ted Nugent baseball cap. That's like a picture of a gun. It says, come and get it. He signs the bill. <laughs> yes. I, will, I, I, I could I find that do, for you. I don't want you it's to. It's on his website. I okay, then. I don't want you to own that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> people are like. You've got my support, brother. People are like, hell yeah, brother. I'm like, oh, no, no. I just like, I like his music. <laughs> I, just the guitar playing. No, no, Thank I, you. No, I, no, I like free for all. Why? What's the picture mean? <laughs> so anyways, the band Twerp is a four piece. Um <clears throat> I'd call them synth rock, jazz fusion. Um, you could call them, I guess, daft funk if you wanted. Jazz fusion. Daft that funk. is generous. I'd say funk. This I'd say more jazz funk fusion-y. rock. Synth. Would you funk say jazz rock. fusion? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't absolutely. Know about that. <laughs> this is this is like pure. This geez. is what jazz, jazz fusion. Some, they have some like jazz fusiony stuff in there. Yeah. Like Japanese jazz fusion is like what this album is. I call it like video game funk meets jazz fusion. When you say Japanese jazz fusion, I just think of city pop and I hear that, but I don't hear like, I don't hear like early seventies Miles Davis or any kind of fusion oh, stuff like that. No, I'm not talking, I'm talking bands like T-Square and Casio P and you know, Japanese jazz fusion, which is. Jazz fusion is kind of okay. an umbrella. Yeah. It's just like. Jazzy rock. Is it even like eighties? Well, jazz uh, rock's a thing. I mean, like eighties jazz fusion. Jazz. Like, uh, okay, what's well, it called? Uh, Mike Stern. That? You ever listen to like Mike Stern? Mm-mm. Yeah, like he. Like he Flepper had, showed me that once. Yeah, yeah. No, Mike Stern is like kind of sounds like this, and that's like funky jazz fusion stuff. I don't. I yeah. don't remember it. Yeah, yeah. It's so I I, I call them if, a synth rock band. If, um, if this is a new jazz fusion, I'll just plead ignorance that I don't know what new jazz fusion sounds like. Yeah, if, if I think it's very eighties sounding. Think of uh, yes, Yellow right. Magic Orchestra. Okay, a lot. Yellow Magic Magic Orchestra is more of like an avant-garde electronic version of Japanese jazz fusion. If that helps, I gotta say, just looking at them, I thought it was gonna be some like Daft Punk, mm-hmm. like something I just wouldn't really enjoy. But um, thank God it so wasn't. It's different. I think it's so. I think it's pretty comparable to Daft Punk. I think it's comparable, uh, but in a much better sort of. way. It's a lot more like musiciany. Daft Punk's music oh, yeah. is very repetitive on purpose because it's for dance floors. If you listen to a whole Daft Punk album, each song is like three sections repeated for like six minutes. Oh, I've know? heard the Daft Punk. They um, do the same like <clears throat> vocoder thing, but that's about it. That I that I, the similarities that I can hear. So the band, their their image, um, they are anonymous. No one knows who they are um, outside of, you know, their, their inner recording circle. Um, the band members are Dr. Sung, 
who is the vocals and guitar synthesizer. Conehead. Conehead. He's also... I thought Brett was going to show up with <clears throat> Conehead for this podcast today. <laughs> so he, he's like, you can't really tell in the album cover, he's fucking ripped in real life. And when I saw them live, he came out under like flashing strobing lights on a um, hoverboard <laughs> with like nunchucks. What's he play? He plays the guitar. Oh, cool. But he, he came out on a hoverboard with like nunchucks, you know, just doing like just all kinds of sick shit. And he's just fucking jacked, you know. Um, listening to this music like it's so like uh i don't know kind of unique sounding it sounds like there's like one guy in charge making the sound would you say that's him no no okay no, i don't all think of them, that's the case at all they're they a very all collaborative seem, band yeah they all seem like very uh i don't know if i'd say like virtuosic in their own instruments at least like they all they know what they're doing extremely well I would yeah, say I they're all they're being directed they're really all as more of their just absurdly like talented yeah. at their instruments. I agree with that, but I also hear like unless they're they're just that good of a band that they have such an identity, it sounds like something that to me, and I'm just like speculating that there would be like an auteur of Well they've had like fucking ten releases, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something. This is this yeah. is technically their second album out of three so far, but it's like their tenth release overall. Because they believe. did like six EPs or some shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this album came out a year, it came out in 2019, which was a year after their first one, which was called Together Through Time. But, so you've got Dr. Sung, who does the vocals and guitar. You've got Commander Meowch on the bass. So good. Lord Phobos. I love that name. <laughs> Lord Phobos on guitar. And then Javi Hogan on the drums. And they've got a ridiculous, silly backstory where they're, they're Groove Crusaders from like the year 3005 sent back in time to stop the anti-funk or something. They That's make it up on the spot. very like parliament. They make it up on the spot when people ask them, what's your backstory? You know? And he's okay. like, he'll, he'll be like me and Javi Hogan met a million years ago at a James Brown concert, <laughs> you know, <laughs> shit like that. That's fun. Um, so they got major exposure from, <clears throat> have you guys ever heard of the comedy rock band Ninja Sex Party? From you. Yeah, from you. So they got exposure because they found each other because they both had party in the name. And they collaborated and then slowly, you know, they've kind of blossomed from each other but still collaborate all the time. Um, and that was how I heard of them because the one of the guys from Ninja Sex Party has a, has a YouTube gaming channel called Game Grumps. That, um, I know that. Yeah. The guy Danny <laughs> on Game Grumps is in Ninja Sex Party, hmm. and he would talk about twerp, and then I started listening to twerp, and just, you know, kind of went from there. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, that's all the kind of backstory I have on on this uh, group of costumed weirdos. That's probably the best background section we've ever had. Thank you, Max. Me and Nick, this, today we're making fun of you for the police episode. Yeah? Because <laughs> you were like... <laughs> Nick was like, like you gotta do your research. Like, Nick was <laughs> like, you, who, there's a part uh, there you're like, this and you you're like, the police are three blonde boys. Wait, are they all three blonde? Shit like that. Nick was like, who produced this? And you go, oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't well, know. I'm not a police fan. <laughs> <It was laughs> you're funny. like, you're like, is there a fourth album? And I, and me, who, who, notoriously hated that album. I was like, it's their fifth, Brett. And you were like, so they got five albums in. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> 
<laughs> you're like their first album was you know <laughs> the and least then prepared two three four and here we are at five <laughs> it's really funny i'm the comedic uh aspect of the show so <laughs> so you've done good on all your other ones you you're you were very knowledgeable on the almond brothers one and obviously deep purple and all the, that stuff but the bands i like yeah I the ones you like <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um let's move on to our famous album cover discussion yeah um uh i really dig this cover a lot i like that it looks like an import yeah it's cool yeah it's very um i think it sets the tone perfectly it makes you think of you're on like a a nice beach world would you like to brag to the listener about how you have a signed copy in your hands bitches um i've got one two three four signatures on this bad boy i bought this in a bundle with a t-shirt and they signed it why don't, why don't you ask the listener how they like them apples? Hey, listener, how do you like them apples? <laughs> in my in my notes, I actually had a uh, thing where I was looking at the album cover and trying to write my thoughts about it, and I said, "This looks like some." I said, "This looks like some lame anime shirt that Max would wear." And then I went, "Wait, he has this on a <laughs> shirt," and I always thought it was a lame anime. <laughs> Guess what, baby? I think it's perfect for what it is. It looks like it'll be. I don't know. I mean, it's impossible to know what this is going to be before going in, but they have like a Devo kind of like humorous Mm -hmm. look to them. Yeah. I like the art style. I don't know. That's cool. It's a very, uh, it makes me feel nice to look at, especially the back album cover where you've got, you've got two moons and some palm trees against uh, the the beautiful, clear. back, Back album art is not available on Spotify, so I had no idea what it looked like. It's very aesthetically, um, it's pleasing and intriguing, and it works. It it complements the music within. I will say, um, huh. I didn't know what to expect. Um, all I saw was Conehead guy, and and thought like I thought of Devo, like you were saying, Brett. So, I didn't really know what to expect just based on the album cover. But once I listened to it, I was like, oh yeah, that fits fits really well. Um, I'm gonna ask you to put some respect on Conehead's name. It's Doctor Sung. <laughs> Doctor Sung Conehead. There's actually, I'll call Commander <clears throat> Meowch his name. I love that. But dude, he's got he's got. Uh, I remember seeing a picture of him uh, saying, "You're know, like we're recording," and you could see he's got some like weird arcane symbol tattooed on his arm. And someone said, "Hey, Commander Meowch, what's the tattoo mean?" And he said, "Some devil shit. Don't worry about it." <laughs> <laughs> That's tight. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Is he recording with the fucking lion mask on? <laughs> All of their pictures, they're. Even the Dr. Sung, he he does live streaming of him playing games, and he'll be in a tank top, but he has the helmet on. <laughs> Pretty funny. <laughs> he calls it the cone zone. <laughs> <laughs> if you look up old pictures, he used to literally wear uh, like an orange hazard cone, just with eyes cut out. They really elevated their art. Mm-hmm. If you look up old videos of them, it's them like busking on the street in Canada. It shows that if you stick with something... You'll just get better at it. Interesting uh, opinion. Controversial. Dennis, what do you have to say about Nick's statement just there? <laughs> I I really wasn't even listening to what he said. Um, <laughs> this is a good podcast. My, my, my opinion on that out part, um, I really don't like it. It looks really corny. Wow. I don't, like I, I don't like how gimmicky they are as characters. It reminds me of like... This is gorillas. why we have Dennis here, though. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of gorillas where they're all like cartoon personas. I thought they, I thought that shit was stupid. This is why I, I think said, the fake the fake Obi strip. Don't like that. I do wish that that was a um, 
you know, like you said, the little, it's a little sleeve that comes off. Yeah. It's, it just looks really corny. See, this is why I, I had would, that. I, if, if I saw that in the <clears throat> store, there's no way I'd fucking buy that. This is why I had that intro where I said one person circle jerks and the other three talk shit. But I'm the only one talking shit. But it can be reversed. It can be one uh, one person talks shit. Sometimes it's two and two. We've had all combinations. That's true. All kinds of circle jerks and we shit. We all really like Samael. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little too much. Really showed our colors. You guys ready to return to wherever? Yeah. If we have to. And be back in town. Boom, boom, pop. Dennis the dissenter hitting hard already. <laughs> so what do you guys think of this this little intro? I thought it was fun. I like this little skits. Think of being introduced to LADY radio? Yeah, you get this, um, This I guess we should say, uh, um, this album's only nine tracks long, um, and three of those tracks are kind of like interlude ones, this one being one of them that kind of frames it as if uh, you're hearing the album on a radio show. Which was a big surprise when this came out because the album before this one was like 14 songs and like an hour long, and that this one was only 30 minutes and it really with, only has six songs. Yeah, like, technically. I, w- I was like, why didn't they just call this an EP? But <laughs> I love, I love the length of it. I know that's kind of a side thought, but yeah. I mean, it's because like a of, wonderful little package. Because of the length, when this came out, I'd listen to it like three times a day. You know, yeah, just because it's short and it's, it's fun. I like the little. Um, I mean, you know, I, I will say, okay, let me just get this out of the way real quick. So, right, Nick, go ahead and get this out of the way. Because this track, I, I can't, I can't talk about the rest of this album without saying this. First off, um, when I first heard this, like my entire first listen, I dreaded the shit out of this. Like I really did. Like I was like, oh man. Like because I heard it, and I guess I was, I was having like Prince flashbacks, and I was like, this isn't bad, but like this is not going to be something that I like like at all. And I started, I never do this. Um, I started to write my notes like the day after we did the podcast where you picked this. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually I make my notes like towards the end, like of the cycle that we have, you know, um, just to have my thoughts be as fresh as possible after I've listened to it, you know, for a while. But I started to make my notes just preemptively and most of them were like kind of negative. I was like, you know, I was like, I don't know about the radio structure thing. It's weird. And I'll, I'll just say right now, I've completely 180'd on this. <laughs> like, like now I... I, I like that as a little framework. It's kind of like hokey and cheesy, but like, um, you know, each each of the little interludes has their own kind of vibe, and it it, trans, it transitions pretty nice, at least, and kind of keeps a nice little through line. There's also, like, music in the background of it that's just yeah. kind of like... This one in particular... Keeps the, the beat. Yeah, I don't know. and this one in particular has, like, a kind of like a... It reminds me of, like, a Grand Theft Auto Vice City vibe. That's, like, that's uh, exactly what the interludes remind me of. Yeah. yeah, especially yeah. the guitar has that really like the guitar you know, is 80s kind of guitar riff. It's almost like the uh, the Van Halen kind of rev guitar sound. Mm-hmm. Like you know, there's that tone at least like uh, yeah. is used kind of throughout. <laughs> there's the a lot of sound. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there's a there's a ton of modulation throughout the album. Obviously, like tons of different effects and things like that on all of the instruments. But um, uh, this intro does a good job of kind of like. Just setting the stage, and 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 they they utilize a couple different things with the guitar that kind of give you a a nice tiny micro sample of everything that comes after, like in the whole album. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like I wrote down, you get you get the uh, you get the you know classic fun drum beats. You get the jumpy, the bouncy bass, 
you get the the dreamy synth chords, you get the bleeps and the bloops, you know, you get some, like you said, some revving, clean guitar, you know, it sets up the real the city pop, jazz fusion, synth rock, funk. Yeah, vibe. it really kind it really kind of shows almost all of the dynamics that you'll hear on the following, like and, for the rest of the album. and just the humor. Yeah, yeah, there's, it's kind of kind of quirky. I would say like, too know. the I first. I think they're like kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I I think they are too. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I was saying, they're the the one of the releases before <laughs> yeah, this, this is gonna be fun. They have a song called Atomic Karate where he's talking about how like he can split atoms with his high kicks, and you know it's just funny. And when you see them live, he's like actually doing high kicks while he's singing about splitting atoms. Um, nice. But I, I don't think all the humor lands. I will be fair on that. But like, I mean, I don't know. I I it's innocent. I just kind of gave into the tone where like it's not like overtly stupid that I'm like, oh, this is fucking dumb. Like these guys think they're really funny, you know? <laughs> like I, yeah. I don't I don't really feel that. <laughs> it's like a winking smile kind of humor. Yeah, I'll say too. The first time I heard, I this, think the music takes takes precedence over that. Yeah, the first time I heard this, um, I was disappointed with the length and the fact that three of the nine songs were interludes. Um, I had that written down too. I did not <laughs> like. First. I didn't like the radio format. But as I've, as it's been out for a couple of years and I listen to it all the time, I've come around on it and it just, it, you know, it is the package yeah. for me. I right off the bat was like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> I do like it. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Never mind. Yeah, uh, no, it's, it's, yeah, sets the stage nicely, I think, for the rest of the album. What do you think, Dennis? Um, I think this is probably one of the cheesiest openings I've heard in a long time. Um, I think the radio DJ guy sounds like a total asshole. Isn't that is that the singer? No, I thought that too. It sounds like his voice kind of. But like he is on um, their next album too, um, and I thought it was him again. But I noticed they do the radio DJ thing on the next album. No, but that guy's voice. Mm. He oh no 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 he's on the album before, on a different on a song where he's just he's at the end of the there's like a back and forth. He's at the end mm. of the I Lady think, World EP too. Yeah, when I listen to that, radio DJs sound like assholes though. Like he's doing a character of yeah but i don't when i listen to an album i don't want to hear a radio dj oh his name is jp hassan it's just like it's just obnoxious wait um that's fair never mind never mind i don't i think he's some guy they knew from canada i i was gonna say i had a note in here but i i wasn't even gonna bring it up but um (laughs) because you guys won't have the reference for it but there's a there's a podcast that i listen to called uh jay and miles explain the x-men and Does it's, he sound a lot like him? There, it, Miles, the I'd listen to that. There. <laughs> like Miles on on that uh, podcast sounds a shit ton like this announcer guy, and I had to look it up to see who it was. <laughs> like, an, I, I thought it was the singer for some reason, like because I don't think I found like a specific answer. But that'd be the I second like, time oh. you heard somebody in the wild and recognized them from a podcast. That's true. There is a precedence for that. Yeah. <laughs> so. See, and I thought I thought it was the singer because, like I said, I've, I've seen them live, and it just that's just what he sounds like. They sound the well, same. Is is that is that him in? Okay, uh, one of the tracks later, "Hidden Potential." You know how like no, uh, that's, oh, that's not, not so him. that's not him. That's not okay. Him. I thought we'll it was. That's that. why I was like, oh, that's got to be him doing the interludes because if that's his voice, it's just his normal voice. Yeah, there's a couple yeah. of guest features on this album that I'll talk about as they pop up. But so, anyways, Dennis was talking about how he hated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't really like this intro track. Uh, the I mean, the instrumentation just kind of sounds like video game music to me. Oh, geez, kinda, we're gonna have a rough time later. 
kind of just like up in the air. Um, that's not really a positive or a negative. No. Um, when I first listened to this album, I was kind of indifferent towards it. And then the more I listened to it, maybe like 15 times, I disliked it more and more each time. Really? Oh, See, joy. I had, I had the exact opposite where I like, I listened to it the first time and I legitimately was like, fuck, like I got to listen to this a shit ton and write fucking notes on it. And then I don't know what it was, but literally within my second, like, I think it was, it was hidden potential. Like upon my second listen, I, that one caught in my, in my head. And I was like, oh, I kind of like that one. And then it was just like, it slowly grew for me just like liking that one song to like, you know, kind of. I liked the whole thing after that, you know, for a while, but it, I had the opposite effect. I started to like it more that I listened to it. It just got more and more on my nerves. Yeah. Um, I can't believe I think that. I can, I can understand. I was, I was there when I first listened to it. So. I think the guitar playing is fine on Back in Town. You yeah. It's the only positive I can say. You don't find the, the bass playing impressive? He doesn't do much uh, on the, that first track, at least. That's true. Yeah. yeah, I mean. We'll talk about Meowch here in a bit, but yeah. Who's what's Meowch play? Bass. He's bass. the bass. He's yeah. good. He's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he's. Uh, what I'm are, just gonna come out and say it. I think he's one of the best bass players I've ever heard. I but, think he's. Mm. I think he's my favorite bass player we've talked about on any of the albums we've talked about. What about Sting? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Sting is a better bass player than Commander Meowch. So yeah, okay. That's that's to, no. Uh, to, I pulled a Dennis. I wasn't really listening. Uh-huh. Who plays what? The so. Conehead, mm-hmm. Dr. Sun. Hey, you said you weren't going to call him Conehead. He plays the keys and uh-huh. the vocals. Okay. Um, Commander Meowch is the, plays the bass. Uh-huh. Lord Phobos, uh-huh. who is in the red, he's the guitar player. Got it. The robot, Jave Hogan, is the drummer. Great. Okay. So, yeah. And, and they, as a four-piece, they pull off this dense sound live? Yes. I've watched some videos. Yeah, it sounds they good. They are fantastic. Live. The, there's so much synth going on. Does he have like a rack? <coughs> he has. What's going on? He's got it a, looks like he has two or three. He's like, got like he's two got or three guitar and then too. a guitar that he wears. There's an amazing video I have to show you guys of him doing a guitar twirl, like a guitar twirl, but it breaks off the strap and goes flying. And his face is like, <gasps> it's, it's great. <laughs> that's very funny. All right. I think that's enough for the intro. Yeah. So let's get uh, so generous dimensions. Song about you know loving uh, some thick girls, getting boners for them. You know, I it's about I like b- this posi- positive body image song. Yeah, <laughs> it like uh, it sets the precedent of like kind of positive uh, lyrics and like I don't know nice interesting yeah. like chord changes. Uh, this one's just kind of a good. I don't know. Good intro or good good way to kick off the music. I never <laughs> liked the the gentle like lounge piano intro. That's one of the only good I parts like, of the song. I like I like that. I don't it, like it because then it comes in and it's <laughs> <laughs> like it just it comes in oh. like yeah. I like the I like. I that don't piano. like the transition from the intro to the lounge, then back to you know like the loud funk. This is probably like the most maybe I'd say I mean, this is probably like the most bombastic song on the album at least. Yeah, like in just terms of like loud and punchy parts and stuff. Um, maybe the next track beats it a little bit, but it doesn't have vocals though either. So, but um, now this one, uh, yeah, no, I I like this track quite a bit. It's a it's a fun, cool, funky, rock song. <laughs> Were you guys taken aback by the vocoder? At first, vocals? I fucking hated it. 
I, I, I hated the robot voice. I was like, oh no. I thought it would be a, yeah, I, I thought it would be a negative as well. Cause I don't really, I don't know. Daft Punk, like again, yeah. uses it more robotically. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, it sounds like it, he's, it's actually singing like kind of in a funk yeah. It's kind of funk music. And he's just using it like as an effect, obviously. Like yeah. it's not like I don't think it's a vocoder. I'm pretty sure it's a talk box. Yeah, it might be a talk box. It's the thing where he's got a tube in his mouth. Well he's uh, saying that's a talk box. That's a vo- a vocoder is a talk box. Talk box is a vocoder. Mm, those are different things. What is a vocoder? It's just it's like a microphone modulator. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's what Paul from Cynic uses. He's a vocoder. And then a talk box is the one that has the tube that goes into your mouth and then it filters the sound yeah. as it goes through. A vocoder, you speak into a microphone and it, and you can pit, change a pitch with the keys. Uh, they're different things, but they're like the talk box is the tube. Okay. Yeah. Then, then the talk box effect I think is used well and the like melodies that the vocal that he chooses t- for the vocals, I think are very nice. I think uh, yeah. I think when they started out that he did the talk box because he couldn't he wasn't comfortable singing. Mm-hmm. But there Does he sing now? I mean not without a talk box still. Oh. But he's he's gotten um just listening through you can tell he's much more comfortable singing and having more vocal based melodies and songs, but he still uses the talk box. Mm. Okay. I I'm going to read what Google says. The vocoder essentially makes the human voice sound like an instrument by deconstructing and reconstructing it electronically, while the talk box makes an instrument sound like the human voice by directing a note through a tube and into the singer's mouth. Hmm. But yeah, the um, uh, yeah, no, I did not like the effect at first. It was a really big detriment for me. Um, but like I said before, as it kind of grew on, I I really like the vocals now, and and maybe that's because like you know, there's only like four out of the nine tracks on this album that actually have like, you know, vocals technically. And mm-hmm. like it was used sparingly, but I found myself like, you know, really latching on to a lot of the vocal melodies, especially in this song. And, uh, yeah, no, they're, they're incredibly catchy. Yeah, they are. And they like, are. Uh, again, I like the lyrics a lot. Like I was, I was, like, was going to say, you talk about the lyrics kind of a little bit, like, um, nice, but it's just like a nice song about a girl. Yeah. I think all of the lyrics, like, I don't know. Cause they're, cause Topically, like, yeah, they are happy-go-lucky, cheesy stuff, but, like, they kind of get away with it for me just because, like, it's not, like, overtly dumb, happy shit. Like, it's, it's it's like, decently well thought out to where, like, it doesn't, like, overtake, like, the rest of the song or anything because he said some really stupid line or something like that. Like, it's a, I think that, I think they're, they're, you know... Not the best kind of lyrics, but I feel like for this type, like it's it's a very good example of what to do with this type of music. At They've least, got I think. three types of lyrics that are either being horny, um, like robots in space fighting, and then uh, being horny again. <laughs> like that, so, and sounds like, like positive, real substance there. Positive horniness, I guess. I actually wrote down for the lyrics, uh, <laughs> cheesy and shitty boy band style lyrics Totally meaningless words. Hmm. Wow, you are overtly negative. It's only going to get worse from here. All right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It's a fun, like, three-way discussion. And then Dennis. <laughs> yeah. This one does utilize that. Uh, I, th- I think uh, you got a little bit of it in the, the intro track, but um, this one also utilizes the 
Eddie Van Halen kind of rev guitar tone. Dude, the wah wahs, the wow, wow, that go under the verses. I fucking love that. Yeah, it's cool. The short guitar solo is like phenomenal. It's not overly shreddy, but it's just like beautifully done. The solo is pretty good, and there's a nice uh, bass transition into a keyboard solo too. Yeah, like electric piano solo. Yeah, is wonderful. That's great. I've seen a clip of them doing this one live, and uh, and old me ouch uh, does uh, does some solo runs in this song when they kind of like extend a part at the end too. Really, really cool. Yeah. See, I the one I saw them live was just before this album came out. Yeah. Sounds cool. I'm going to say, I was going to say, I hung out with Nick last weekend and like his stepkid is like obsessed with this shit. Really? Yeah. Race really likes it. He's like, like, I'm a twerp head. (laughs) (laughs) Give him a new. Lena really likes it too. Um, She she was the same as me. She was like, she was like, fuck. Like when I first put it on and I was like, but by that time I had listened to it like two or three times. So I was like, oh, it's not that bad. And then like, uh, and then she literally was like listening to it the next day and was just like, yeah, Max is probably right about this one. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I heard them, we were like, wrong about Max, which I think was like six years ago, maybe. It was, it was a. I remember thinking like this is kind of fun, but it also feels kind of gimmicky. Um, kind of then, gimmicky. <laughs> and then they kept going, and I was, you know, they just kept getting more and more impressive as musicians, and just you know their songwriting. And over time, I was like, these guys fucking rule, you know. Just the like, music, to me at least, far outshines the gimmickry, and I haven't like yeah, the, seen them live or the, anything. But. The music like clearly takes the the precedence to me. For me, it's just like else. a kind of humorous image yeah. on top of like really kind of uh, heartfelt like heartfelt. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't think that at all that this no. music I these, is like? I think these guys bring some some good it. funk, and they're really into it. You know, yeah, yeah. they're like. I think they're really interesting songs with like jazzy changes and uh, cool, cool parts, catchy parts too. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Anyways, <laughs> the other stuff I had written down for this song, um, to me, j- just hearing the talk box vocals come in, it it sounded like Daft Punk doing a video game sounding city pop song, um, and it just sounds like a parody of music that a robot would make. What kind of music would a robot make? Though? Yeah, I, I feel like you're talking about Daft Punk. <laughs> and this is this, this isn't that is, far off. This to me is so separated at this point. The only thing like, that sounds remotely like this from Daft Punk is their last album, where they had a, a few songs that had some funk. Daft Punk sounds to me like pure robot-driven shit, Daft which Punk I mean is, is like what they're going electronica. for. So, like, I mean, I I get that. Not to talk shit on it. It's not. I mean, it's not for me. I don't really enjoy it. But this is like real fucking songs and real like musicians putting shit together and stuff. And, and they're all like really good, you know, like it, I don't know. Yeah. This is like this intricate. Is a, little, a lot different to me. The aesthetically, mm-hmm. I think that they have like similarities, but like overall, I, I, I think they're pretty, they're pretty different. Uh, I feel like they're pretty similar <laughs> to Daft Punk. Yeah. Mm. Can you, can you tell me a Daft Punk song that sounds like stuff from this? Uh, Robot rock. That one they did with Nile Rogers and, Pharrell Williams. That was uh, a song called "Get Lucky." Yeah, that that is the one that if I you would put agree. Vo- if you put uh, Talkbox vocals on that song, it would just sound like this. I would agree that that album, that's like one of like the three Daft Punk songs, and they're all on that one. I would say are kind of similar to this, but before that, Daft Punk is like purely dance music. I know I've heard them. <laughs> 
kind of kind of an inescapable band yes. in the mid two thousands. Yes. Another, if anyone's Legacy, listening, Daft, Legacy Two soundtrack. Daft Punk is a band. They have some hits you might have heard called like All Around the World. You know, can't get away from that song. Uh, wow, you, you, you guys would probably look them up. Look them up on YouTube. You, you know, might have heard the, of Daft Punk. This really doesn't sound this dissimilar from One More Time either. If that song was on this album. I really wouldn't blink at it. I would. I would say kind of, but One More Time is also one of those songs where it's literally just the One More Time hook repeated for four minutes it does nothing different during the song um and and that to me is is a huge market like inescapable difference between the the two groups that daft punk is repetitive dance music and this is full songs you know another point about this song uh something that also carries on to the rest of the album some of the synth like patches he's using. I don't know if he developed them this way or if he found them, but they sound exactly like some like Nintendo 64 sounds and like, yeah, like they're, there are sounds that trigger things in my head that go like, what? I know that exact sound. I will uh, just like Mario party sounds in this or something. Jumping ahead a little bit in cosmic tides. There's the bleeps and the bloops. Um, at that time, when this came out, I had just finished playing the first three Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney games, which are on the Game Boy Advance. And the bleeps and bloops sound exactly like music from that. Mm-hmm. And it was freaky because it sounded so similar. He, Yeah, he is... I think that's intentional, and I don't know like if he's actually taking those sounds, because I know that's possible, or if he's developing things that sound like that. But it's uh, it's like creating nostalgia within me without being something I've heard. So it's kind of an interesting uh, dynamic for the music to have. Yeah. Yeah. I think this this is a song that, you know, it shows off how good they all are at their instruments, kind of sets you up for past the intro, you know, what you're in for. Yeah. Want to move on? Yeah. Um, the next one, Typhoon Turnpike, is one that is extreme. There's, there's a Japanese fusion band called T-Square that um, if anyone's ever watched F1 racing, T-Square did the theme song for them for like 20 years. It's this very kind of like racing driving music. This could be like a lost T-Square song. For um, me, it's Mario Kart meets I, Sonic Adventure 1. I was going to say, but I, it, I wrote Sonic. Sonic music. Yeah. This is very yeah, Sonic. Sonic. Yeah. The bass player literally on those breaks, he phrases that Sonic fucking... Riff. You heard that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. I never noticed that. He does that in the little I breaks. It's an exact line from Sonic From Sonic. And then he goes. Yeah. It's like. it's That doesn't surprise me. I wrote that in all caps in my notes because I it started and I was like, Sonic music. And then I was like, the bass player rips Sonic in the solo. It is like. He's, it is like a wink, like, yes, I am. But yeah, I, yes, I did get, after I got over the, the Sonic line and just thinking that it sounds like a beach level in Sonic, I was like, this also sounds like a beach level in Mario Kart. Like, it's, it, it's, it is very Mario Karty. The little whistles and like, yeah, yeah. that yeah. is Nintendo 64. The, <laughs> it's like the, so many little things that are like, that's from fucking this one. Mario this Kart. one I feel like is funny because it's like you could really like pick this one apart a lot just with like all the different sounds and layers that they put in it. Um, the one part I really don't like, I don't like the um, 
the saxophone squeal that leads into the cloud crowd noises into the dong dong dong, and then they do like the yeah. I don't. I don't think that. I kind of like. I kind of like the horns on this one. Um, but I don't like sax squeals in general. So yeah, I don't know. I like the horns on this one. Um, I feel like uh, it. uh, I don't know. Like like I was just saying, there's there's tons of layers in this one. You can kind of pick apart. It's kind of fun to listen to. Um, and then it's also one that you can just put on in the background and kind of enjoy. This one, the guitar lead, the whatever, it makes me feel like I'm driving down a coastal highway. You know, like the lyrics yeah. of Red Barquetta, where he, they're, you know, they're just driving, and they've got, you know, the windows down. That's what it makes me feel like. The, the guitar song. leads Mechanical the music. Like in the song, so. Hmm? Mechanical music. Yeah. I was going to say, too, I love the, the, the bass tone on this song. I really like uh, I guess go a little bit more mid and treble heavy because the keys are kind of handling like the really low end of like the bass portion of the song. So that's why he can kind of, you know, have that bit more solo-y tone and whatnot. It's it's really good. I like there's, the a, there's like a, I don't know, Latin the, aspect of this. The, or, uh, the part where it sounds like a wood block. The da, 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 yeah, the da, whole da, thing is like a samba or something. It has a samba like rhythm to it. Yeah. yeah, it's got a bit of a swing to it. And I, I that could be the wrong word, but it's like a, it's a spicy bossa kind of nova. <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> that's part. Huh? A little bossa nova. Yeah, yeah. It is that that they, that's almost what he does. Like when they break after that sax thing and they go into that other part where it's like you know the bass is like doing the lead notes and he's like boom 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 boom. Mm-hmm. That's that's a very bossa nova thing. So you said, Dennis, you only liked the guitar lead during yeah, the that, verses? I'd say that's probably the only good thing in the song. There's a bass break and a keyboard solo that are pretty cheesy but kind of enjoyable. Um, that whistle thing that you were talking about earlier, that's super fucking cheesy. That was you terrible. like cheesy stuff. What's like what? Happened? Like what? Railway. <laughs> I don't know. What I, with you. I don't know. You love goth rock and hair metal. What cheesy goth rock? You like sisters Goth Rock is cheesy. Goth Rock's not cheesy. Goth Rock is cheesy. You're gonna mm. sit it's here. It's men dressed up like the crow. You're gonna sit here Did and you tell don't me like that Andrew Eldritch <laughs> going <laughs> hot metal and methadone is not cheesy as hell. It's awesome. Mm. But we, it's can't, we can't. We can't. No, that's argue, not cheesy. We can't argue points by just bringing up something super cheesy. Completely mm. different. I'm not though. saying it's bad. I think cheesy is just means that they're being like enthusiastic and not caring what people think. Like goth rock musicians, they dress up fucking like not normal people, and they sing about how fucking depressed they are. You know that's. I don't think you know much about goth rock. I know a lot about goth rock. He mm. grew up with me. They don't. I, knew, I know. Everything. Sing about the things they're depressed about. That's not. I know everything there is to know about goth rock. Okay, my mistake. I know everything. <laughs> I know everything. You're dumb. I know what it is. I know what the Cure looks like. The Cure's not a good example of goth rock. That's not even stereotypical goth rock. All right, I don't know what goth rock is. <laughs> Anyways, Dennis, you like cheesy things. You don't think um, Purple Rain's a little cheesy at parts? You love that. That's like the cheesiest keyboards I've ever heard. I heard a butt rock cover that was not the Foo Fighters of Little Nicky on the radio the other day. And I was listening to it, and I was like, I know this song. And then I heard, and Little Nicky started to cry. 
Oh, God. I was like, oh, oh, no. Sounds like everything my nightmares are made of. <laughs> yeah, anyways, I, th- I think Let's Go Crazy is cheesy, and that's the only thing cheesy on that album. That's interesting. It's just, I mean, it's it just sounds like 80s stuff, and this is like a parody of 80s music. This is way cheesier. I don't think this is a parody. I think it, this this like sounds like a fucking parody to me. An homage. Yeah, it's, it's a parody. Homage. Homage. I, homage. I definitely homage. It hits me more as homage. But it's also I, like completely its own thing, I think. Yeah. I haven't really heard much stuff like this. Granted, I'm not like super well-versed in this like genre of stuff, though, you know? But... um. Yeah, no, I mean, you know. What else, Dennis? <laughs> what other? Why don't you have, do you have other points about the song? That's it? Okay. Don't, That's all don't like it. That's all I got, too. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the next song, um, Solar Winds, is my normal skip. I normally skip this song. It's definitely the, 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 the most pointless of, <laughs> of all the tracks. It's I, I mean, it's not bad. Like, I've, I, depending on, like, where I'm at listening to it, I'm, I'm like, oh, you know, it's kind of funny little thing. I'll let it's, it play it's out. It's a decent kind of calm down between two high energy songs. But I think the the soft, soothing keyboards that they have are pleasant. The very like they're Donkey Kong Country sounds. Sure, yeah. Um, this un- one, unfortunately, the uh, radio DJ asshole comes back. So I like it. I like do like how he goes, "Hi, friends." <laughs> I think that's funny. Um, the, so the, the guy playing saxophone on this, his name is, uh, Brian Welch and he is the other member of that band Ninja Sex Party. Um, and he is a saxophone player and he also has a PhD in theoretical physics. Wow. Yes. He should focus on that. (laughs) What? (laughs) You are, uh, aggressively, aggressively mean tonight. Yep. So you hate the saxophone? lines in this skit i don't like i don't really like anything they do on this album i guess we're done with the episode all right, all right. <laughs> Dennis, you can go home. pack it up <laughs> you can go home to your own house get out of here <laughs> get your own out so yeah this song i think it's a decent setup for the next one yeah but i Depen- skip it dip- Depending on how I feel in the midst of listening to the album, it's kind of endearing, but I will agree, like, I've I've skipped this one before, like, just to get to the next thing, you know, sometimes. I mean, it, it's it's fine. But it's 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 the most nothing out of all of the tracks, like, especially the uh, little interlude ones, so. It's just, like, return, it, it calls back the framing and pulls the... Yeah, which I don't, which I don't really have a problem I with. I think it's fine. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't ever like make me mad or anything. Like if if there were like twenty songs on this album and a bunch more of these, so if it was Nightfall in Middle Earth, exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I skipped the fuck out of those, dude. It's like sometimes I make a playlist of just those. I have a playlist on my iPod <laughs> called Nightfall, but not stupid. That has the interludes cut out because I don't want to skip it. You don't like fucking Dark Elf or whatever. No. Oh, dark seed of evil is gone. No, I listen no, I to that fucking back to back. I bet you listen to they play every that shit version. live. I'd be like, Do you have a playlist of every language of Harvester of Sorrow? <laughs> every language. <laughs> like my favorite's the Italian one. <laughs> oh. 
I think no. that's what I think that's what's on mine. It's called like Dios de Dolor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care though. That's still one of the best albums ever made. So whatever. It is interesting. <laughs> in spite of all that bullshit. In spite. <laughs> it's one of the reasons I think we should never pick it because it's so good. But the, we are you kidding? That would be so funny to hear us go through every single track <laughs> on that fucking so album. This one, I like the part where he talks about how the high elves are mounting their steeds and you know, Lameth? They're they're you know, they're preparing to cross the 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 river, you know. It began when we left the pain of the ice deserts behind. It is next pick today. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> it began when we left the pain of the ice deserts behind. <laughs> so, anyways, um, I guess let's move on to the next song, "Cosmic Tides," which is my personal favorite song on the album. Really, mm. it's one of my favorite songs of all time. See, I um, see. I like this song, but I didn't. I don't think I liked it as much as the other actual songs on the album. Mm. It was probably like the one that I like tuned in and out of the most. I do have a lot of notes on it though, just about stuff that I did like. But um, yeah, I don't know. That surprised me to hear you say that. I I liked all of the other actual songs more than this one, but I still liked this one. Like I liked this album overall. So I mean, this but, everything about this song is just like tailor made for me like the 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 interplay between the bass and the drums in the in the beginning and the the tinkling keys the like soaring kind of like searing key stings that come in those are nice uh, soaring yeah. keyboard leads his whatever tone he has is just incredible on this song one of my favorite hooks on this whole album is that weep 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 beep 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 oh yeah I was gonna like, mention that too. Like, I, I, I like how on that lead, um, uh, is particularly on that part that that part that where the that's genius. The bass and the uh, the bass and the keys like meet, and the bass plays that with them. Yeah, and like it's a, yeah, it's like it's a it's a cool little thing where he stops the bass line and like they all kind of, like even the drums like you know like they all play that little that little every instrument has like interplay and like playful moments where they. They play off of each other throughout this album, you know. Like there'll be a, there'll be a moment where it's just the bass and the guitar are playing the same, um, same section, but they're doing something a little different with each other. And then you know, then the bass and the drums will do it, and then the guitar and the drums will do it. And it's just they're like hyper fucking professional. They're they're absurdly good musicians. Yeah, yeah. I like to just um how the bass gets to move around a lot on this song. He plays a lot like in the. I guess what I'd call the verses, you know, even, obviously it's an instrumental track, but he moves around a lot though, too, like all over the place, like during all the melodies and everything and plays with the melody with them too. I think it's really cool. Um, oh, and something that I haven't been able to bring up in a while, you know, I'm jumping to the end of the song, but, um, it ends with a very like eighties hair ballad song, not unlike eighties heart. It, back on that 80s heart, huh? <laughs> yes. It, the way it this, does remind me of 80s heart, though. This really song does. ends similar to 80s heart, is what you're saying? Yes, all of 80s heart. <laughs> Every song they made in the 80s. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, it's just that keyboard, that like 80s hair metal keyboard, like, you know, type thing. The the gradual buildup in the second half of this song is one of my favorite things, where it's just, it keeps building and building, and, you know, you've got the, like, the, and, and the, just everything just keeps building until like it explodes. You got this like huge open, like post rock, like space odyssey 
I think that's in soundscape. Yeah, I love it. I think that's an accurate way to describe this song too. Is uh, like its its main characteristic is it's a uh, it's a big build up. Yeah, and like, which is cool. Like in in this one too, you get something that's not in a lot of the other songs with the guitar where he's got those huge open chords. You know, you get like so you get the just a pure like behind everything, and it's fucking cool. What do you think, Dennis? Uh, for this song, I wrote down. Uh, pretty clear at this point that these guys don't have an, a single original idea and it sounds like chic or cool in the gang uh-huh. um, they're doing stuff with the arrangement but it doesn't really hold my attention I think it sounds like cool in the gang or a, or a, like a, you know one of those happy pop funk groups but also with like 90s video game kind of influences like yeah that's it is that. a it is a unique sound just it harkens back to like 70s funk I don't. I don't think that's a unique sound by just smashing two things together. Mm. Sounds like eighties funk and it's also got music. like a lot. And then the, the I don't know a lot levels. of I don't know a lot of cool in the gang, but like the the chord progressions and like the structure of this music is kind of interesting. It's not. It it doesn't really sound exactly like cool in the gang. Of course not, because it's got talk box vocals and they're doing like a video game music type thing. But so I mean, it's. Like, it's there are a lot of the same ideas. So there are, it is a unique combination of ideas, which is what music. No, because I mean, I've heard city pop that sounds like this, but it's not talk box vocals and it's, you know, Japanese person singing. It just sounds like a bunch of stuff. Don't you kind of like city pop though? I do like city pop. I just don't understand what, like, this is very unoriginal. Okay. I've heard so much stuff like this before that came out decades before. I just, it's the same thing with two mold. I've already heard stuff that sounds like this. I don't need to hear this. Two Mold had an issue with musical structure. <laughs> but, but Two Mold did oh just sound God. like 90s. I don't. You're just triggering Max now. Like, it's just like <laughs> we were talking about that. Whenever, I mean, I haven't uh, I haven't listened to the Two Mold episode since it went up, but uh, just how uh, Max was like, I'm getting triggered because Brett's talking about how the music needs to harken back to a hook or something like that. Give me some motifs. <laughs> It's just the most Brett thing ever. Just like, just like, but where's the part where I sing along? Where's the fucking, <laughs> and then the they voice? do it, and you call it a Billy Badass brand new sin riff. And that, <laughs> hey, I agreed with that, and I liked that riff too. But I, I was liked like, it. I was like that riff. You were, you were like, the one part I liked was like that brand new sin riff, and I was like, <laughs> what? It doesn't sound like that. <laughs> It's like the one the one riff I can recall instantly when I think about that album. <laughs> and then they go. <laughs> yeah, um, I fully disagree with you, Dennis. That this is uh, generic uh, parody music. This is this. Well, is, I expected you to. This is very inspired, fun. Um, I say we got two people who went the polar opposite though here. I mean, like I felt that way at first, kind of not that I wouldn't, I, I don't think that I felt like it was parody, but I did feel like I was like, this is some fucking like nostalgia driven bullshit or whatever, you know? And then like, like I said, though, as I listened to it, I just appreciated it more and more and liked it. And I think you could say it, it is absolutely nostalgia driven, but it's also nostalgia driven in a way that is inspired you know, I think the this, I think the the retro stuff is more of an aesthetic and less of like a crutch. That yeah. makes sense. That know. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. I just hear a gimmick from that. I mean, I can understand that. I don't. If you go for a hard aesthetic like that, it's a gimmick. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it it is a gimmick, but I think our point is that it they're not leaning on the gimmick. 
the gimmick is just like a background. I think the music a backdrop to some interesting music. Yeah, I think I think the music uh, uh, transcends I mean, that the whole idea of like this just being the gimmick type of thing. You know? Yeah, like, like I said, they're they're. I mean, the fact that you don't even think they're incredible musicians is like mind blowing to me. Well, he hasn't said that. I mean, like you know, I'm sure that he thinks they're good. I didn't say that. You don't think they're good? I didn't say anything about it. Would you agree that they're incredible musicians? Incredible? No. I think they're pretty cheesy and tasteless. Dude, you are being fucking wild here. <laughs> <laughs> you you hear that bass playing and you think that's cheesy, tasteless. That is very cheesy and tasteless. I call it cheesy and tasty. I don't. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm, you know, conversing with you. Meowch makes my motor rev. I fucking, I fucking love that guy. I was, I, that was one of the reasons why I picked this was because this is such a bass-focused album, and I, I love like this guy as a bass player so much, I wanted to hear what you thought. He's great. I, I think he's great. <laughs> he speaks to a lot of, like, you know, I mean, like, it, when you think about the bass, especially in, like, more funk-driven music, I think that, you know, I, I, I don't know. To me, like, in, in this type of stuff, like, the the idea of, like, bass sounding cheesy or anything is kind of just out the window because like it's kind of inherently going to be that way because it's a funk style of playing mm-hmm. which has a specific kind of sound to it and like i don't know i think he he's he's good and and i i like his uh approach to i don't know just just everything that they kind of do yeah I, th- I think he's just phenomenal and he's obviously got like major chops it's like he does it like in a really you could do i, I don't know I could tell that he thought about it a lot. That was one thing I noticed when I when I sat down to write my notes on this. Um, I never really noticed how much of a bass-focused album it is, especially compared to their other stuff, which is... M- guitar is more the lead instrument, whereas on this, it's mostly the bass followed by the keys. And then guitar is kind of a backdrop. I'd agree the guitar is more backdrop, but I wouldn't say 100% that it's like a bass-focused album. I think it's more just like it's just it's just a bit more present because I, I, of like yeah. its inherent like kind of, you know, funk. Got to be in the front a little bit, you know. Well, anyways, you want to unlock our hidden potential? Yeah. Yeah. So this unlock one. Unlock it. That, okay. This so one, I, I guess this one, this one I, I nominated for a banger. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> another Sonic the Hedgehog moment that. <laughs> That's like chemical plant. Dude, I fucking love whatever tone he has that makes that huge like searing. It's the Genesis patch. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It's a blast like processing. It. Exactly. <laughs> at that at first. That's 16 bits, dude. <laughs> this was the first 16 one. 16 mega power. <laughs> this is the first one that got me on board with the album. Um, and uh, I was definitely like at first like really embarrassed how much I liked this song. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. This, so the guy doing the vocals, um, his his name is Aaron Hansen. He's the you're talking other, about just the, on the, the chorus, sorry, right? Yeah, the unlock it, okay. unleash it. What? What does that remind you of? Captain Falcon. That's what I wrote down. Oh, I can hear that. I, uh, yeah, I Captain Falcon. Say, Falcon. Yeah, I was going to say bop it. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it sounds like that. Yeah, it is exactly bop uh, it. Elena. It's like another like in my head like. Whoa, <laughs> Elena! Elena made that joke too. Like when she first heard it, she was like, "She was like, spin it, <laughs> flip it, <laughs> um, pull it." So that guy—that's his name—is Aaron Hansen. He's the other member of Game Grumps, 
And he, um, for a long time, was mostly known as an animator under Ego Raptor. Have you ever seen, like, the awesome cartoons? There was, like, awesome Metal Gear Solid and stuff like that. I don't think so. They're kind of, like, just little video game parody cartoons. I think I've seen them. Um, That's so, that guy? Yes. Hmm. And he's, he's, he's featured on a couple of other of their songs, just not on this album. Um, yeah, this was, this was the, the single that they released for this album and it got me pumped. Uh, again, I love the positivity lyrics. Like, it's just like, yeah, it feels welcoming and like encouraging. <laughs> yeah. I love, I like how I he mean, says I you can best. raise the bar, yeah. reach the stars. Yeah. I thought they were more useless lyrics. Interesting. Yeah. You didn't like the part where he says, uh, I, I, I did. didn't like I, anything I just you realized, said. I haven't looked at my notes in a while, but my notes did say the keys at the beginning. And I'm talking about that lead that you're just talking about still <laughs> sound very sonic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't I like, like that. Max just said, you don't like the part where Dennis said, I don't like any of it. <laughs> you don't like the part where he says nine to five, then overtime weekend comes. It's your time to shine. <laughs> Come on. I think that's great. Time to go play a show and have a good time. <laughs> I think I put the lyrics. Like, hey, you're, you're out there working hard. We know that it you can do great. Yeah, that's all just fluff. How's <laughs> that the lyrics fluff? Super that's how's like, that fluff? That's like real. That's real stuff. That's, that's like lowest common denominator lyrics. Really? Yes. Really. I I totally disagree. I think how that's. Do you, how do you disagree with that? How do I disagree that you don't encouraging think, motivational like? Yeah. I'm not working I don't nine think, to five. I don't think go do your best. I don't think they're fucking like genius, but I think they're nice. I think they like, I don't know. I think All they're right. good. I put in my notes the, the lyrics borderline hokey, but you know, good message. Great message. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with that? Yeah, yeah, they're hokey and cheesy lyrics, but they make me feel nice. Like I said, they're they're hokey and cheesy in the way of like you know, it's nothing that you wouldn't expect, but like they don't, they don't. To me, they don't go into the territory where it's like irredeemably fucking stupid or dumb. Like you know, to where I'd just be like, "Oh, like here's the part where the stupid fucking." I like, think they're, I think they're pretty up. close. I don't know. I don't think they go that way. I, I kind of like them. I I really like them. Yeah, they make they make me feel like. Uh, at best, I think beach in the sunset. At best, I think they're kind of <clears> funny. <throat> at worst, they don't inhibit any of the music or anything for me. So you know, like. Nothing wrong with it. Um, yeah, the this is coming from a person who liked municipal waste, though, too. It's a disclosure, so. Yeah. Tonight. Are you comparing just bad lyrics? I was just I was just joking about, you know, tonight, funny, funny lyrics. Uh, Nick is the mayor of this horny boner layer, so. what yeah. is, is that lyrics in this? Boner, no. no, that was Boner City. Oh, okay. He's like, I want to go <laughs> right, but my dick part. says left. I will say. <laughs> At, so the first time I listened to this, I just had it on Spotify and I wasn't, I was like half paying attention, you know, and it kept going after the album length and it was playing other songs by them and like similar bands. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't know, I wasn't really looking. And there was one song of them and Ninja Sex Party that was like, I like the way that you oh, dance. Oh, it's a no with pants your, dance. Okay. Yeah. With your pants, when you dance with your pants off. And I was like, <laughs> this sucks, but I kind of like, it's funny. Yeah. See, I'm I glad. See, I wouldn't like that. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm glad that was not on this album because they are not like that on this album. That was that was like what I expected from a band that you said is cohorts with Ninja Sex Party. And, yeah, just songs about butts or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not. It's like it's, I don't know, kind of like 
like uh, I said, uplifting it's, lyrics that it's are like not positivity, just... robots in space, and being horny. Yeah, but like uh, positive horniness. I like it, and I like that they. Yeah. What's a negative horniness? Uh, like sleaze, like creepy people. That's okay. negative, aggressive. Yeah, sleaze. Like sleaze would be negative horniness. Yeah, sleaze is bad. When you say sleaze, what do you mean? This is like well, like you want to hang out with like a sleazy person. I like don't a, like a guy who leers at women. And sleaze. Hey, baby, I'm coming for you. That kind of shit. But you love that hair metal shit. I do. You ask what is negative horniness. But that's but I'm, negative isn't bad. I don't like. You're just saying those are bad? That is no, bad. That's that's aggressive sexuality. I'm saying it's negative. This is positive, as in like, hey, you're looking beautiful. You make <laughs> if you me... want to come over. Yeah. That's cool. The, you ask what's negative and positive sex horny music. I'm I, not saying I assumed, I assumed you meant you like one and you don't like the other. No. no. Po- it's like positive, like not I don't know. How do, how do you happy versus mean? Aggressive. Yeah, yeah, like just positive, not gooder. <laughs> gooder. <laughs> Tell you what, this horniness is gooder. <laughs> um, yeah, this song is fun. It's basically a training montage. Um, yeah, and uh, it's got great bass. It's got great soaring key stings. Um, the unlock it, ignite it, unleash it. That's always stuck in my head. Whenever I like, unlock my my house, I think unlock it. I, you know, <laughs> sounds I, like all my favorite yeah. toys as a child. <laughs> I, I even I even liked that, and I hated it at first. Like when it, that was that, like I said, this was the song that kind of turned me around because it was the one that I listened to, and I was like, oh, I kind of like this. And then, uh, but that part always annoyed me until the more I listened to it, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, I kind of like it. It sounds like it's appealed to your guys's '90s kid nostalgia. Yeah. Well, you know, only '90s kids will get this. Yeah. But that's a disclosure <laughs> about this album for sure. One. One thing I particularly love about this song is the way it's like three and a half minutes in, maybe they do the chorus and it kind of fades out, you know, and then the in- intro bass line comes back in. Uh huh. And then it all just builds back up again until they get to the chorus. But then there's there's added vocal lines and there's like a key change and it just rules. It's just cool. Yeah. The vocals, I think, uh, are probably are probably the best on this song. Maybe uh, what? I don't know. <laughs> just more talk box. No, he's, he's mean, like he, do, he does like some like different lines at the end of that like that part that Max is talking about. He the talk box still has melody and is adding to the music. It's not just like yeah, but he's it's still just singing. shitty. Do you not like? Are you saying he he is a shitty singer, or you don't like the way? Well, he's talk clearly not a sound. good singer if he's using a talk box the whole time. I think, I think it's used like more a, for effect than it yeah. is like. I think it, he's a coward and he should sing without it. Talk but then he wouldn't sound are, like a robot for the robot music. Yeah, that'd be better. Talk but, the, but that's their whole thing. Is there that ro- sucks. And they're robots. I don't know. They're one of them is a robot. Maybe two. And he's not the he's not the singer. <laughs> so we don't know if, if they're robots. We don't know if they're robots. Yeah, Lord. One robot. of them looks like a robot, but the other ones look like other things. But they're also robots. We don't know. They're from the year three million or whatever. Wow. We don't know, and I really don't care too. <laughs> The year three million. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one interview I saw, they said that they were from whatever the fuck year, and, and he was just like, and it was like a news program in Ontario or whatever, and he, and he was just like, he's just like, yeah, yeah, we're uh, from the future, you know, and I'm, uh, you know, we came back to you know save rock and roll or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he literally says or whatever. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like <laughs> they have there's. Um, 
the the front man, he has a side project called Groove Crusader, and his debut EP is called Justice Wears High Tops, and it's like a picture drawing of him like lacing up his high tops, and it makes me laugh. It's funny. Yeah, and there's a really good solo in this song. You know, I know that, especially... The, the guitar solo is pretty good. I like the hand it's claps under fucking it. good. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I like the hand claps, too. It's, like, fun. It's fun stuff. It's good shit. You know, I should probably address um, just the fact that, um, you know, it was probably... I'm guessing it was the Prince episode where I was talking about how I don't like fun in my music, you know? Because I was the asshole on that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, fucking... Um, yeah, it turns out, you know, I... I can have fun in music sometimes. <laughs> well, you know? Nick, Nick, I think we all knew that you didn't actually have a problem with fun in your music. You just don't like when things are popular. Not necessarily. I think my my uh, thing with the Prince thing with that was I, I felt like I didn't get it where like why it was so popular. Like because I was like, I felt like I was missing something and that added to my kind of impression of the album. That doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. <laughs> right, so that's kind of an inverse of. Like, I get it. I get that. Like, if you because I, I I was like I was like, what am I not getting? People talk about Prince like he's a fucking god legend. Yeah, and then you listen yeah. to it, and it's like I mean, it's good pop music, and it like he is innovative. You, you but got it on that episode. You talked with me about it. That's how I feel about every Prince <laughs> besides Purple Rain. I'm like, okay, I don't fully get Prince. I think I like it a lot, but um, that was a that was a hard one for me to for me to not like. Like, and I mean, I still, I still felt like I gave it like a fair score for what it was. I just, uh, it just didn't connect with me very much. I said on that episode that I think he's overrated, but it's still really good. Yeah. It's a great album. Yeah. People, people, people do talk about him. Like he's the God of every instrument. He's, he's not a great drummer. That's for sure. He can play the guitar and the bass just fine. I mean, it doesn't take much to make a little keyboard line. I mean, he's not like the best at every instrument people talk about him that way and that's just fucked up he's a good like aesthetic crafter and like soundscape builder yeah but i wasn't saying it's a world but i wasn't like saying a, i didn't like it because it was popular what about sting but yeah you you've shown that you don't like things that are popular i feel like i'm more critical naturally of things that are popular yeah yeah that that's not what i was saying I, the original point you just reminded me is if TWRP was on the radio all the time and Nick had heard this a lot a lot lot more often he would judge it we would all have different conceptions yeah. of it every yeah. single person in the world has preconceptions and that doesn't that's not like a bad thing okay the fact that we're coming in fresh to this does give us a different perspective than if we had heard it on the radio constantly but even we, if it, we had heard it on the radio constantly you're just assuming that Nick would fucking hate it because it's popular which is also kind of the point of us doing this I've, was picking things that we may have not heard. I've heard things on the radio that I like, that, and I'm sure Nick has as well. Like I just said, the Fleetwood Mac thing. I like Call Me, maybe. I like when that song comes on. Okay. I like, I got a blank space, baby. Sometimes I don't change the channel when Inter Sandman comes on. I'll oh. admit that. <laughs> the channel? <laughs> <laughs> what do they call it? <laughs> They're just playing. They just on fucking Cartoon Network. They just start playing the video for fucking Inner Sandman. Inner Sandman rules. <laughs> we are ready to talk about Under the Sun, which is mm, tied as my second favorite song. I'd say this is probably the best song. This is my favorite. I love it. This song is, uh, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm on the beach at sunset on some beautiful island crystal planet. I think it's like on the album cover. Very 
it's like pretty. I don't know yeah. how else to describe it. The only bad thing I've got to say about this one is I don't <laughs> like the talk box vocals, but that's just a thing for the album. I think they work. Like somehow the harmonies with it the, sound they, kind they of would, nice. They would work for me. Very like if this was like just a single that I heard randomly, but listening yeah. through the album and hearing it, it's like I'm over it. Fair. But you know, I the, uh, uh, oh go ahead. I love the like chords and um, harmonies in this song. They're very like. I don't know the word, but like it's like twenties theater jazz sounding. Like this under the sun. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, just interesting melodies and chord. What to build chords? What I really like about this song is that like the bass and the guitar have this kind of interplay throughout the whole thing, and the keys are just kind of like shimmering underneath it, you know. And he's got that. He's like like kind of crooning with, with a talk box over it about being on the beach you know it just everything about it works together really well yeah <clears throat> i think lyrically obviously not so much but uh musically this one feels like a more like uh introspective type of song and uh i think it's a good example of the like the chord movements and stuff um kind of create like a you know boppy happy like song in their typical fashion but it has a bit more of like a like weird airy atmosphere to it Mm -hmm. that really works for me yeah i really like the vocal lines a lot in this song too especially in the verse like when they when they first kick in like it's a i really like the that line i like the part where he says ladies laugh and you hear that sound and then hear (laughs) i like that it goes into like everything kind of drops and then it's just like the bass grooving and then a second bass comes in like starts a slap bass solo Mm -hmm. over it and I love too. That's like, like fucking crazy. The the ending of this song too, where you know it's just kind of I don't know if it's quite a key change, but everything is like more layered. And there's more vocal lines over the chorus. There's, you know? yeah, there's, about there's that, like all kinds of key. They talk about that shit. random saxophone at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I dig the that groove and like the bass and the vocal melodies a lot too towards the end when it's all just popping off and doing a bunch of different stuff. It's cool. Yeah, this one was definitely my my favorite. Yeah, which is also a grower on me too because at first I I liked Hidden Potential the most. This and was uh, when when I first heard this one. This was probably my least favorite for some reason, but over time it's really grown on me. I think because it's like the calmest song on the album. It's like the most. I guess it's most like kind of dreamy, you know, laid back one. I like that because this yeah, is, I dig it too. It's kind of like if you want this album to be background, it works like that. I mean, and I, that's it, it, the radio like interludes and shit kind of help. It's like, it's kind of just sounds like you have the radio on and it's nice yeah. summertime music. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it goes really well with that kind of vibe. Yeah. Dennis, <laughs> I, this is the only song that I'd say is borderline good. Borderline. Would you call it moderately good or mediocre with a dash of pleasantness? Uh, I think the only thing holding it back is the the talk box vocals. I think if it had natural vocals, somebody who could obviously sing, it'd be, it'd be a pretty fucking good song. But it's really not something I'd want to hear again. That's fair. I mean, it, it has its moments. Um 
I think it's the most well-written one. Uh, I think the bass playing is pretty nice, and the keys complement pretty well. Um, I just, I really don't like the the talk box vocals. Um, I, yeah, no, no. I thought that that would be a really bad hurdle for me, but like after like maybe like three listens, I was like, I'm okay with this. Like I don't, they're I don't uh, pleasant. Like the melodies of them are very nice. I was yeah. indifferent to them like the first couple times I listened to this album, and then the more I listened to it, the more I got annoyed with it. Yeah, I think he's got... Yeah, I was the opposite. Under the talk box, I think he's a decent singer. Um, and then the talk box is just to make him sound like a robot. I will believe that when I hear it. Well, I don't know if he ever will. I don't think it really matters if he's a good singer or not, because the end product sounds pleasant. It doesn't really... It doesn't like, sound pleasant to me. Uh, well... Well, and it's then, just a full-on disagreement. I mean, yeah, we all have we all have different opinions. So, we do. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, that's what makes us all special, and that's why we are the musical squares. Mm-hmm. We all have opinions. Oh, that was very wholesome. Yeah. Yeah, but don't fucking bring a popular thing to me. I'm sure that you have a reputation. That's all going. <laughs> yeah, that's all going. I'll now. rip it. Though. Keep it all. I'll rip it the no, fuck apart. <laughs> it was. It was bad. Um, it was a bad could, time not, in my not life. Good, not good radio. Unlike LADY Radio, <clears throat> the next track. Nice segue. I do enjoy the composition. <laughs> so I, I, like I will say that this has the best instrumental moments on the whole album, but they don't last long enough. This really? song yeah. is very... I um, like the melodies that come in after the fucking DJ bullshit stops. I like the... I, the I like all the melodies. <laughs> yeah, that like Guitar night thing. driver kind of. I I love that. Yeah, that's very Mario. It makes Party me think also. of you know what it makes me think of is a pup named Scooby Doo, like when they're in the mall. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, that that famous precursor to Scooby Doo. Yeah. <laughs> it was first. Um, Chronologically, the, of course. The kind of the heavier, heavier driving feel. <laughs> It turns very like '80s power rock, like Survivor. This mm-hmm. is what they normally sound like. Survivor. That's a that's a good <laughs> comparison there. Yeah. Yeah. I do like Survivor. This is what a lot of their other stuff sounds like, where it's just a little bit heavier, a little more rocking. Um, These guys should get Jimmy Jameson to sound or sing for him. That'd probably know, be was, way better. I was reading an interview with Commander <laughs> Meowth. Like sixty. He still sounds better than a talk box. I don't think so. I bet he does. Brett's <laughs> just, I don't know. I was reading an interview with Commander Meowch, and he was like, you know who's great? Donnie Benet. Donnie Benet is great. Who's Donnie um, Benet? He's that, he was that like chubby dude that's balding with like an open sequin shirt on the beach singing like. I had to have shown you that. Singing like jazz funk. I don't know. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. like Wally World? No. Nothing could be good as stuff. good as that. But, so what do you guys think, would you choose... Do that record next. Would you guys choose any size soft drink or a basket of Dunkers? Huh? What are Dunkers? A basket of Dunkers, yeah. I'm assuming Dunkers are chicken chicken fingers. I think it's just a made-up word that's funny. (laughs) Or a a basket of Dunkers. I love, love soda pop. I'm not supposed to have it, though. (laughs) (laughs) Mom said no, huh? Any size soft drink. I'm, I love too that it's like I'm fifty dollars any size soft drink. <laughs> I guess I don't get the references here. I, I, I don't know always if they assume. are references or if they're just saying funny shit. Like it's like oh that's that's in this okay yeah 
I, I totally yeah. fucking misunderstood what you guys. We're not thought, actually talking about dunkers. I thought we were right? talking about Donnie Benet still. Mm-hmm. I I always assume that a yeah, basket the fifty dollar gift card. Yeah, <laughs> I assumed a basket of dunkers is a Canadian term for chicken fingers. It sounds like uh, it would be like French toast. Strip. Yeah, French toast stri- sticks. So yeah, that's what I thought. That's <laughs> weird. <laughs> Dunkers, yeah, French toast, easy. Yeah, dunks. Yeah, you dunks. The know. part too where he says, as you know, I've heard all the music. Thing. It has to be, yeah. If we what? both fucking thought of that. Dunkers? That yeah. we both thought French, French toast strips? French toast dunkers. Yeah. That That's is like what they were called. Oh, well, that makes sense. Huh? That's probably yeah. what they're talking about. A basket of but yeah, the the part where he says, I've heard all the music in the world. Yeah, that, that part <laughs> that's that's just funny. And that was one fabulous composition. I fucking hated that. <laughs> I so, that did you hate the the uh, the claim that he's heard all the music in the world? I hate everything the the radio DJ guy says. Like he he shouldn't be there. He just sucks. Do you do you know how to have fun? Yeah, <laughs> it's not on this album because this is all just like lighthearted fun, and you've been such like a just a grouch about all of it. It's a whole bunch of bullshit. <laughs> They no. forgot to they forgot to screw the fun chip into his motherboard because he's a fucking robot. If I was a robot, I'd like this because this is robot music. Why don't we wrap this boy up? Yeah, sure. Uh, did we have more stuff to say about Lady Radio or were we? I don't think so. Nah, yeah. I never think it's, else. To yeah, say, really. Let's just go on. Okay. Well, um, all night forever. Sometimes my favorite song on the album. This is my favorite. This is just such a wonderful, funky. Uh, it's a really—it's really, it's like a funky disco song. It's a really good use of like um, modulation. Like it sounds really dark in the verses, and then it like for the chorus and the end especially, it shifts into this like really bright and major. Yeah, yeah. Those uh, those vocal lines in the verses are like kind of. Melancholic almost. That's, they're, they're moody. <laughs> yeah. That's like very. Yeah. I was going to say, that's very thriller. That's my favorite part of the album is that. You, the yeah, I, thought, I thought the whole yeah. bass line sounded like thriller. Thriller, yeah. That's it. I can hear it. And I. Yeah. You and I are all. See, like. That's I, my favorite line and like delivery I, in the whole song. I do. The whole album. I do like this song and I feel like it fits, but like to me, this one was kind of the least original. In terms of like music, just because like I can't, I could not get Thriller out of my head listening to like the verses That's in the pre chorus. I, mean, I didn't really hear like, Thriller. I, I do hear Michael not, Jackson, but I don't really hear Thriller. I hear it that you say it, but because it's that like minor funk pop. Uh, yeah. But like, um, I like the song. It That didn't come to my head when listening, but I can hear it. That came to me pretty immediately once I heard that first line. It's like, like it, just, it just jogs something. Like I had to think about it for a little bit, but like by the end of the song, I was like, "Thriller." That's what it sounds like. It really, <laughs> yeah. it's, like it's that like that pre-chorus, that dark like, na 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 na. Yeah. And you and I are all. And then like the way that it grows into that ending piece where the guitar comes in, like the. I have some. Oh god. Or however it fucking. That's fucking thirty-eight special. That's. The best ending they could have fucking. I, like, so, I love. So, listen, I like that. Listen, I like, I like that part. But every time that riff comes in, it's so jarring to me because all I hear, like the tone and the style of riff, I'm like, 
38 special. Like that's all that. I could think of. And I'm like, it goes from thriller to 38 special. It's really weird to me. Like the, the structure of it's just kind of strange to me. Like it's, it's written like a, like your typical kind of like pop song structure, which but is if fine. You, but if you just said that to somebody, like it goes from like thriller to 38 special, they'd be like, what? That doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard. I guess. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like, no, I mean, it like, is, and again, I guess you could say it's the, smashing the two changes. Together, the but. changes are a little jarring on this one. Like, but I think like after I've listened to it a bunch of times, I like it. It's just that, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little jarring on that one. And uh, the thing is I like the verses and the pre-chorus, like with the, the, the part I'll call the thriller part. Um, I like those parts a lot because they sound kind of like dark and moody. And I like the chorus. It's a real earworm, but it almost, if it contrasts almost too much for me, like, like with the, with the rest of the song. And I mean, not that there haven't been a million fucking songs that have like dark sounding verses and then like a happier chorus, you know, or whatever, like that's, that's fine. But like, uh, it's, it almost gets there for me. I don't know. I'm, I was probably the most back and forth on this song out of all of them just because of like the dynamic shifts, but I like all of the parts. It's just that sometimes when I listen to it all together, it's like me. I think, uh, I think the transitions are like spectacularly done. I love, I don't know. I'm kind of just like along for the ride on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I get that. Like, it, it, like, you know, part for part, they're my favorite parts of the album. And then I knew you'd love that fucking 38 special. Oh yeah, dude. (laughs) I I wrote down that the guitar riff sounds like something very familiar. So maybe it was 38 special, but I couldn't really place it. It's just like the tone, even the tone even like sounds like that. Like it's, yeah, it's just kind of nowhere. (laughs) What I love in this song specifically is the, the line where he says under the pale twilight, I intone of the ancient, right? And I'm just like, that's the coolest shit yeah, you could have right. said. That's right a there. cool line. I love all these. have the best said. lyrics, I think. Yeah, in, like, the the, on, I, on, the lyrics are kind of beautiful in this song. Um, just just the concept of all night forever is very uh, vibrant imagery in my head. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And uh, when he says "until the future becomes the past," I think that sounds cool. You know, I agree. I like the lyrics are fine on this one. Yeah, yeah, this one has good lyrics. No, you know, I mean, like I said, like the song, I was just probably the most back and forth on this one after I after I established that I liked the album, you know? Yeah, I think this is the one that's got the most plays on Spotify, so I was expecting a lot, and it's just, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> is this, like, the most popular song on this album? I would imagine Hidden Potential was because it was the single, but... I might be remembering it wrong. I don't know. But this had like a million plays or something like that. I was like, oh. Um, one thing I do love in this song, it's, I wrote it down. It's at 225. It's just before, it's like maybe just before the third verse or the third chorus, but there's like a bass, like, you know what I'm talking about? Not off the top of my head. Like everything stops and it goes like, it's cool. I love it. That's a lot of cool intricacies. Really, in the whole album, like, yeah, that's, just, that's like an album total thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, yeah, I, I guess love, to wrap this one up for me, like I fucking love the ending, and it. I love yeah. how it goes to it's like a jazzy, soulful kind of bring down, uh-huh. and then it all just it's like, like comes, almost gospel. Yeah, it comes like soaring back up, and then that guest vocalist, what's his name? For I would call like the verses in this song like the only dark like, you know, minor feeling thing on the album. I don't know. Yeah. Under the Sun has some minor feeling yeah, stuff maybe. in it. That's kind of like... 
It's sprinkled throughout. I think it just in a, little a different bit. way. This I would say is the darkest. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, um, and then to end with the the way the ending is, I would consider the lightest part of the album. And again, under the sun's pretty light too. But yeah, this is like the most uplifting. Like fucking, I, I don't know. I really like the ending, and I love the fade out. I love fade outs at the end of albums. That's just a me thing. I'll agree with you there. Um. I like I like how the group vocals kind of pitch in there. It, it makes it sound a lot better to me. It's a guy named Thomas Darcy. Darcy. I gotta, I gotta tell you Best guys. vocal performance on the album, Thomas Darcy. I gotta tell you guys, job. I don't even remember like another vocalist on this song. It's at the end when they're going like all oh, night. The huge like I didn't even notice like another voice. I thought it was just like him like layered or turned up or something. No, it's know. it's a like different I Yeah, I figured it as well. I just thought it it sounded like a choir. Thought it could have been they, another effect. Do. I don't even know. <laughs> I figured, <laughs> it, was. I figured it was just either him layered or whatever. This one's kind of interesting. There's no. I um, guess there was like more of a natural tone to it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I just for some reason didn't think that was another person. <laughs> this one's unusual for them in that there are no guest singers. Um, normally, their albums every couple of songs has a different guest vocalist who sings along. Um. They're, they're usually pretty feature-heavy, and this is one of the ones that's just almost exclusively them the whole time. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the album's very, like, streamlined and simple. It's lean. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's 32 minutes. It doesn't, like, I don't know. It it looks like it'll be, like, an electronica thing, and it's completely fucking not. Uh, I guess I'm getting into final thoughts, but. Yeah. I guess, yeah. That kind of wraps it up for the track by track. Um, do I start final thoughts, and then it goes around to you? I believe so. Yeah, because we do we our scores. ask this every time. To do your overall and your score. Okay, You're then ready? No, no. I am. I play off of your guys' scores. Now so. you go. You're first. What are yours? You're first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, what's your name? <laughs> My name is Brett. <laughs> And today I will be talking about Torp. <laughs> Sound it out. School project. Torp. Torp. School project. Return to forever, wherever. Cut Return this. to forever, wherever. Cut this. Do you want to start over? Yeah. Go for it. I'm on the spot here. Now Brett has to start over. All right. For my final thoughts on this. Uh, you, Brett. Me, Brett, my final <laughs> thoughts. I think this is, uh, I like this a lot more than I thought I would. Um, it's new, innovative, like, it's music that I, it feels familiar, but I've never heard it done like this or as well as this. Um, and there, I love the, you know, the the kind of songwriting, the way they structure their songs, and there's just a lot of, uh, I love the intricacies of it. I love the way that they interplay with the, each other. I love the uh, melodicness of it. The synth tones that remind me of 90s shit. It's just cool. Um, as far as like... The, I don't know how often I would play this. Like just for myself. But it's possible that I will. And it's possible that, you know, that could lead into an interest in this kind of music. Um, I don't really 
know what kind of music this is. Uh, but I enjoy it. And I give it an 87. High. Yeah, it's high. It's good. I mean, like, I, there's not a lot bad about this album. Yeah. That I, you know, it's a totally pleasurable, um, like, lean, short experience. I'm with you there. Yeah. I'll go into my final thoughts. Me, Nick. Um, Who are you? Can you state <laughs> your name? Me What's Nick? your last name and address? <gasps> Social security Social? number two. Hey, yeah. what's your mother's maiden name? <laughs> you guys need to buy some uh, eBay gift cards and give you the numbers, scratch it off on the back, tell you over the phone? Yeah. What street okay. did you grow up on? <laughs> <laughs> what was your uh, high school mascot? What was your dog's first name? <laughs> I actually know a Nigerian prince who's in great danger and really needs money. <laughs> Just he will pay you tenfold. <laughs> Just yeah, he'll quick, reimburse you. Quick wire <laughs> transfer, $50, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, you know, I'm kind of with Brett on this. Um, uh, you know, I like this way more than I thought that I would uh, just from my initial listen. And I think after I saw, like, the album cover and stuff, I didn't really know what to expect, but I kind of thought it would be, like, Daft Punky or something like that, you know, and, and, and I just... uh I will say I haven't ever really given Daft Punk like a fair shake, but like that type of music just normally does not resonate with me at all. And, uh, you know, so it's kind of a big surprise to me that I 180'd on this one after listening to it once. And like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Because it has like, <laughs> it has all the hallmarks of like that kind of like electronic genre that I'd say that I don't normally gravitate towards, but... Uh, somehow it kind of works for me in this. And I think the biggest kind of reason for that is the uh, interesting musicianship and just like how they build, uh, you know, songs and their parts. And um, just the, I guess that adds a realness factor to it that I don't really get from like, uh, you know, purely electronic stuff. Not to say that there's not a realness or validity to that. May just I you know. quickly like play off of that? Yeah. Yeah. So when it was playing like, quote unquote similar bands after the album had run out it was a lot more like purely electronic stuff yeah and I was like you know I, I'm not super into this but then when I went back and listened to actually only these nine tracks I was like oh that's every bit of that is like instrumentation you know mm -hmm. it's not yeah I guess it just feels a bit more real to me um on the musicianship side uh just because it's more instruments that I'm like yeah. familiar with, I guess. It's a, <laughs> and like, it's a band with a, just a ton of synth. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that obviously I think had a big part in this. Um, but, uh, it just kind of helps ground it in my mind a bit more. Um, you know, even the robot Vox warmed up on me, you know, and I thought that that would be a fucking killer. Like the first time I listened to it. Uh, but yeah, musicianship is pretty top notch. Um, I feel like all of them know their role, uh, really well. And uh, make it more interesting than whatever, like, the standard version of, like, this kind of stuff is in my head, at least. And, you know, I got to claim ignorance on that because I really don't know a lot of stuff like this. Um, but, no, I, I, I really enjoyed this. Um, uh, I feel like me and Max have a deep connection. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I give it an 82. Very nice. <laughs> Okay. Denise? It's me. Luigi <laughs> Fettuccini. It's me. <laughs> um, is, it, is this the, the, uh, 
the twist on this episode is that you've been playing Luigi Fettuccini <laughs> this whole episode. Like, <laughs> but me, Dennis, loves it. Um, I'll say I'm I'm glad it's a short album. Um, and these guys can play their instruments. I just feel like they're doing the wrong stuff most of the time. Um, like I said earlier, I feel it's pretty cheesy uh, and pretty tasteless. Um, I think the talk box vocals, uh, they stink. Um, it's kind of just like a novelty thing where I'd, I'd be okay with it if it was just like one song that I heard randomly, but it popping up through the whole album and it's, I mean, 95% of the vocals that you hear on the album, it just gets on my nerves. I don't like it. Um, I think it's... I think it's, that's why I've never listened to much Daft Punk. <laughs> it's because of the robot box. I mean, I steer clear of it too and I listen to it and I, I tried to give it a try and it's just, I don't care about it. It's just, I'm not into it. But I mean, the, these guys have a little bit of a similarity to Daft Punk with like, uh, like the gimmicky image that they're doing and then the talk box vocals. That reminds me of Daft Punk. Um, I think... The, I mean, to, to me, it's just a very unoriginal album and it's pretty cheesy. It just sounds like a combination of just all kinds of shit that I've heard before. And I think it sounds pretty soulless. Um, and the talk box vocals just, they really steered in that direction of it sounding just like robot music. Um, I feel like every attempt at humor on the album just kind of falls flat. I don't really think anything's funny on here. Um, I know they're being tongue in cheek, but it's just, it's just not funny to me. Um, the radio DJ skit, I think that's really annoying and it's obnoxious. Um, there's not really a whole lot for me to latch onto. And I kind of feel like this is just like it's tapping into like nostalgia like 90s and early 2000s stuff and like video game music. And it just kind of comes across as like a meme band to me. Uh, and I feel like this album is, it, it's an achievement in mediocrity. And I gave it a 44. Really didn't like it. Don't ever want to hear it again. Well, as for me, I'm Max. Me, Max. Um, Max you? <clears throat> Max me. I, Max. I'm Max, yes. Um, and a Max going to close this one out. Go on. Okay, so th this is a uh, this is one of my favorite albums. That's just very. This is like a feel good album for me. Um, if I need something to listen to and I'm not sure what to listen to, I'll throw this on because I can just I can just listen to it and all of a sudden thirty minutes have passed. Um, it's a bit of a grower for me. Uh, the band in general is a grower for me. I didn't like them very much for a couple of years when I first had heard of them. And then slowly I thought they just kept getting better and better with each release. And I think this is their best one. Um, but it's also their most, like you said, it's their most like laid back, um, I don't know, calmer one. But what? Did you pick this one because you thought we would appreciate it more? Like is there other stuff, a different style? No, but I think this is their most uh, coherent and compact and all-around consistent release. Right. Yeah, I listened to like one of their EPs, 
and the album before this. And the EP actually dovetails really nice into this because I think it even has the radio dude at the end. Yes. Like the, uh, the, the Lady World EP or whatever. Um, that one, I mean, it was different, but like uh, it still kind of felt molded. And also it's an EP, so it's really tight, you know? And like, uh, uh, but then the first album, I kind of felt like we were talking about this before we started officially recording the episode, but it's a, it's a bit more just like a giant pile of like different kind of it's hit, all over hit songs, place. you know, type of thing. And like, uh, and it's fine. Like it still sounds like them, but this is like the tone of this is like way more like appealing to me at least. Yeah. They, there's stuff before and after this is a little more all over the place. Um, but this yeah. is your favorite. Of yes. Theirs? Yes. This is my favorite of theirs. Um, I think they're all incredible musicians. Um, I think they write, you know, just the music is just, it's like it was, especially on this one, it's like it was just that kind of, that light breezy with lots of keys, lots of funky bass. It's like it was just made for me. Um, I wish maybe there was another song instead of the interludes. I don't I don't quite love the interludes. Um, but so overall, I'd give this album a 92. Very nice. 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 Okay. That gives it an overall score of 76.25. That sounds like a score we've given another album. It is not. It's not. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> sounds pretty close to Eat a Peach. What's it in between? It is in between uh, Pagan's Mind, Celestial Entrance, and Jimmy Smith's The Cat. But is Pagan's Mind on top? Pagan's Mind is on top. Yes. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, duh. I'm always rooting for the old PM. Let's hit up that guessing game, baby. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. Nick here. Nick? The Nick of Musical Squares. The album review and ranking podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, going to be my pick next week, or next episode. Um, so I was thinking about just the, uh, you know, latter, maybe what, like four, maybe five episodes. I don't know how many. Um We've been we've been uh, we've been branching out a bit, you know, and uh, doing some some stuff that uh, we weren't hundred percent familiar with, or just doing different things that we are into. Um, I uh, thought, like, even though I thought that this album that we just did, the TWRP album, uh, rocked, I wanted to do something that just straight fucking rocks. And uh, I think this is something that will be really easy for you guys to guess once I give you one clue, because it's an album that I thought about doing immediately when we started doing this podcast. Oh, the King. No, paranoid. No. No, close to volume four, not Sabbath, (laughs) but Sabbath related. And uh, Sabbath related, yeah, Holy Diver. No, Long Live Rock and Roll. Do the hint, let's get the hint. Is it Long Live Rock and Roll? Thought you gave the hint. It's a guy's solo project, Diary of a Madman, Blizzard of Oz. No, Bark of the Moon. Yes, okay, (laughs) okay. (laughs) So, so we're gonna do Ozzy Osbourne's third solo album, Bark of the Moon. What does that have to do with Black Sabbath? Oh, buddy. Let, we'll explain next time. <laughs> Tune in. But uh, being that, you know, I think we're all familiar with Ozzy, obviously, but like this album in particular, I uh, I have uh, wells upon wells of information about. So uh, it'll make for a good discussion. You can go no notes. Yeah. I probably could. 
I don't think I've ever listened to a whole Aussie album. So I thought that I thought that you might say that. So I'm curious what you what you're gonna think. This is the kind of shit in middle school Nick would play in his room by himself and like kind of tear up to on the ballads. <laughs> and he would have like movements for all the parts. Hey, listen, so tired still makes me cry. Uh, which 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 one was this? Was this his third? His third. First okay. one with Jakey e. Lee. Okay. So uh yeah. So we're gonna talk about that one next. That'll make for a good discussion. It'll be a fun one. Um yeah. All right, uh, so we'll see you guys next time, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Au revoir. Bye. Bye.